what is the role of ultrasound harmonics? Typically, it is used to make it easier to see some lesions and the downside of it that you can lose posterior features and make a complex cyst look simple. What are the typical views obtained for breast implants? The name of technique of getting the views for breast implant, in addition to the standard MLO and CC views, is Ucklund views, and they're basically implant displaced MLO ID and CC ID. The ID in implant and the CC ID stands for implant displaced again. MLO and CCID in addition to the standard MLO and CC views. Key role for cleavage view. Typically it's used for breast lesion in the posterior medial breast. Sometimes they try to trick you and tell you uh, skin calcifications, what view should you get? Should you get cleavage view? Yes, we can see them in cleavage view, but that's not the use of cleavage view. Cleavage view is used for posterior medial breast lesions, and the view for skin calcifications is tangential view. How to evaluate if a silicon implant ruptures extracapsular or intracapsular? The key thing is for silicon implants that we need to get a breast MRI. And what we look for on breast MRI, we look at the silicon being outside the breast capsule. So within the axillary tissue, within the lymph node, or anything outside the breast capsule. The breast capsule that we're referring to is the body natural capsule that forms around the implant. The way I remember the signal characteristics of silicon, it's basically just like fat signal. So it's T1 bright or T1 short, so it's bright on T1 images. Which zones are considered high-risk zones on mammograms? What I mean by that, these are zones that you can typically only see on one view, even though you're getting the CC and MLO views. For a CC view, the medial breast is considered a high-risk zone because it can commonly be excluded on MLO view. And on a regular MLO view, the inferior posterior breast is a high-risk view because we do not see it typically on a CC view. Again, it's important to pay attention to the medial breast on a CC view because we don't see that portion of the breast on the MLO. So we have only one view to look at the tissue. And on the MLO view, it's important to pay attention to the inferior posterior breast because we don't typically see it on a CC view. This is a question that I talked about in physics section, but I will cover it here today. What is the required resolution for film mammography? Now, film mammography is not used anymore or used in some places, but typically the key aspect or key benefit of film mammography is a higher resolution. And we have two resolution values for film mammography. We have 13 lines pair at the anode to cathode direction, and we have 11 line pairs on the left to right direction. Another way that they confuse you about this and ask you a weird question is what does anode to cathode direction mean? Anode to cathode direction means 
parallel to the focal spot again. Anode to cathode direction resolution is 13 line, line pair per millimeter and this is called parallel to the focal spot and left to right direction is perpendicular to the focal spot and the resolution of film mammography at that point is 11 line pairs per millimeter. The resolution of a digital mammogram is 7 line pairs per millimeter. This is the same resolution as film radiography which is also 7 line pairs per millimeter. What is the target recall rate for mammograms? It's between 5 to 10 percent. Again, Target recall rate for a mammogram is between 5 to 10%. What is the target recall rate? This is if someone who is officially reading mammograms, they should recall between 5 to 10 of every 100 mammogram they read. So if you're reading 10 mammograms, you should call 1 mammogram from every 10 or 0.5 mammogram from every 10 mammograms that you read. Let's talk a bit about pectoralis major, pectoralis minor, and sternalis muscles. These are favorite board questions in terms of identifying which muscle they can ask them in different ways. For example, they can ask them on a CT scan or they can ask them on a mammogram. When do we see which? Now, pectoralis minor is the smaller pectoralis muscle and that is posterior or deeper than the pectoralis muscle. So on a CT scan, if you look right under the breast, there is the pectoralis major, and then pectoralis minor is a smaller branch of it and typically lies superior. For sternalis muscle, the way they like to ask it on the exam is by showing you a small mass on the medial aspect of CC view, and that's where we typically see the sternalis muscle. Now, sternalis muscle makes for a good test question because not everyone has it and because sometimes it is visible on one view only, meaning on one side of the body, and they don't have it on the other side. Again, it appears as a small irregular density and may appear even like a mass or flame-shaped breast cancer following radiation therapy to their chest. This is typically seen in young patients who have lymphoma and they received radiation therapy to the chest. And for young patients who receive it, it increases the risk of developing cancer up to 20 to even 25% if they were treated earlier. Obviously, the younger the age of patient at treatment age, the higher the risk. If a patient receives 20 gray or more of chest radiation, they qualify for MRI screening, at least in the U.S., at age 25 or 8 years post-exposure, whichever is later. So if they were exposed at age 12, they'll qualify at 25. And if they were exposed at age 20, they qualify for MRI at age 28 if they were exposed at 20. What is the ideal time for performing breast MRI? Breast MRI are preferred to be performed at 7 to 14 days after meniscus begin. So typically this is within the proliferative phase and this is proliferative phase of the uterus. And that's because the terminal duct lobular units or TDLU proliferation typically occurs in the secretory phase of the menstrual cycle. Again, breast MRI are performed at one week after menses begin or after period begin. 
and that's in the proliferative phase of the cycle. And that's because the terminal duct lobular units are proliferating in the postovulatory or the secretory phase of the menstrual cycle. A common question that they love to ask is to know where the changes of reduction mammoplasty or mammoplasty happened. And obviously they happened along the posterior aspect of the breast because the role of mammoplasty is to elevate the breast to more uh, or to a superior position rather than inferior position. So they take out the inferior portion of the breast tissue. On mammogram, the key thing to know that they do not have to look symmetrical, meaning the breast tissue, sometimes the surgeon is not able to create a exactly symmetrical elevation of the breast. So you will see changes on both breasts and one breast might look, the changes or the scar tissue might look worse than the other. So do not get confused for thinking that there is a mass. Rather, it's just post-mammoplasty changes. If you see cancer, if you see, uh, you know, changes or architectural distortion at the inferior breast on both breasts, one worse than the other, the answer is typically is post-mammoplasty changes. What is the difference between foci and mass on breast MRI? Foci is typically something that is less than 5 millimeter, and we do not have to describe its shape or margins because technically if it's too small, it doesn't have a shape or a margin, meaning a non-defiable shape or a margin. Again, foci is anything less than 5 millimeter. I think I talked about this question previously, but I will reiterate it again because I think it's important to understand which males qualify for breast cancer screening. Now, there are facts that we know for sure. Basically, Clenfelter qualifies for screening because the risk of developing cancer approaches 15%. BRCA2 mutation, there is some debate on an exam question. I feel that I would choose for BRCA2 that men qualify for breast cancer screening. And then the debate occurs about receiving estrogen therapy. So men who receive estrogen therapy, some advocate for breast cancer screening, others don't. The way I would reconcile that is if they received estrogen replacement over greater than five years, or typically they'll say they've been receiving it for 15 or 20 years. At that point, I will choose that they qualify for breast cancer screening, but you'll read different resources. Basic question, what does MLO refer to? MLO stands for medial lateral oblique projection. And this really refers to the way that the X-ray beam travels from the tube or the source into the detector blade. So medial lateral, the detector is lateral and the source is medial. And the X-ray beam is traveling medial to lateral projection, CC, cranial, caudal. So cranial coming from the top, caudal going inferiorly. So it's coming from the top to inferiorly. And they can ask it and ask you to point where is the detector or where is the source of the X-ray. Now, fluoroscopy is opposite to convention. And so do not confuse this. Everything is standard, medial-lateral. We describe the source to the detector direction, except in fluoroscopy, it's the opposite. What is architectural distortion? So obviously we know it if we see it on imaging, but if we were to describe it, some people say, imagine sticking your finger 
and turn in it. That is architectural distortion. But on imaging, the way it's better described, it's basically a straight line coming to a focal point, And then that same line does not continue straight, meaning it's coming one way and it stops and changes its direction at that focal point, And that is architectural distortion. What is mastopexy? Mastopexy refers to the procedure where we remove extra skin from the breast again. Mastopexy is the procedure where we remove extra skin from the breast. We're not enlarging, we're not reducing, we're just removing extra skin from around the breast. What is the role or risk associated with a biopsy showing ALH or LCIS? So these are considered markers of increased risk than a precursor lesion. So they're not like flat, uh, flat epithelial atypia or ADH. They're rather a marker of increased risk, not a precursor lesion. And typically women with LCIS have a 30% increased risk of developing invasive cancer which may occur in either breast. So this is just telling us that the breast tissue has an increased risk or predisposed to developing cancer in either breast, not where we got the LCIS biopsy. What is the average needle gauge used for stereotactic biopsy? For stereotactic biopsy, we use a 10-gauge needle. This is a huge needle. Again, it's a 10-gauge needle. That's why we give so much lidocaine when we're doing stereotactic biopsy. Not only that, typically we take about 12 samples when we use 10-gauge needle. There are even a bigger gauge needle, 7 to 9-gauge needle. These needles basically are doing lumpectomy seriously. But if it's 7 to 9-gauge needle, we typically only take 4 samples. For ultrasound-guided biopsies, and those are the spring-loaded needles, we typically take a 14-gauge biopsy. Again, 14-gauge biopsy for ultrasound-guided needle. And for stereotactic biopsy, it's a 10-gauge needle on average. It's seriously a huge needle. If you haven't seen it, you're not going to appreciate how big of a biopsy we get. What is the differential for T2 bright or T2 hyperintense lesion? Or in other words, T2 long lesions on breast MRI. So for T2 bright lesions, it's cyst, blood, fibroadenoma, and cancer, particularly mucinous or necrotic cancers are T2 bright. Again, blood or cyst, which we can understand blood is variable by age. Fibroadenoma are T2 bright lesions. Cancer, which can be colloid or mucinous cancer, and as well as necrotic cancer, because the center of necrosis is typically fluid-filled. The next question is a rote memorization question, but it really helps in practice if we know that. What is the differential for irregular breast mass? So can be four things. One of them is cancer, but the others are not. So it can be a radial scar. It can be a post-op scar. It can be breast cancer, which we know is the worst aspect or prognostic value. And then it can be fat necrosis. Again, irregular breast mass. The way I think of it, the first one I know is going to be breast cancer. And then I think post-op scar makes sense for irregular mass. 
And then when I think of a post-op scar, I also think of a radial scar. And then when I think of the scar, it tells me that also trauma or fat necrosis would present with irregular breast mass. What is PASH? So PASH stands for pseudoangiomatous stromal hyperplasia. And what it is, is myelofibroplastic hyperplastic process. All it means is basically fibroblast proliferation, and it is typically large, so four to six centimeter, can be solid or oval in shape with clear borders. Again, oval or shaped lesion, typically four to six centimeter, and it is due to myelofibroplastic increased activity and typically seen in patients 18 to 50 years of age. So the standard breast views are CC and MLO. When do we typically get ML or LM views? So if the lesion is medial, we get lateral to medial or LM view. And if the lesion is lateral, we get ML view. And the way this makes sense is you want the lesion to be as close to the detector as possible. Again, if the lesion is medial, you want the lesion to be next to the detector, so you will get the LM view. If the lesion is lateral, you want the lesion close to the detector, so you will get the ML view. What sort of quality control do we perform for stereotactic biopsy? So we perform localization and accuracy test, which will verify the alignment and performance of the biopsy sample, and we perform that daily. Again, for stereotactic biopsy, our quality control is for localization and accuracy of the alignment and performance, and this is performed daily. What is included on a BIRAD3? So we talked about it previously and we said BIRAD3 you never give it on a screen and mammogram has to be either a baseline diagnostic or a diagnostic mammogram and it's given for a round or oval circumscribed mass on a gain baseline study not a screening study and this is we're referring to fibroadenoma again round or circumscribed oval mass so basically for a fibroadenoma we give it BIRAD3 and then grouped round calcification, again, grouped and round. The morphology is very important that they're round and grouped calcification. And finally, focal asymmetry can be classified as a BIRAD3. And we talked about focal asymmetry previously. We said focal asymmetry is asymmetry in two planes. So in two views is the focal asymmetry. We said it differs by a mass. Based on the borders, a mass has a convex or outward bulging borders. Focal asymmetry or asymmetry has concave borders. So to summarize again, BIRAD3 is not given on a screening mammogram. It's given for a round or oval circumscribed mass, grouped round calcification, and focal asymmetry.